Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of these stones today were the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Psycho Gorman, huh? Psycho Gorman. All right. So we'll... Uh... We will have to check that out soon. By the way, we was, are, as always, recording in scrotum sound. This is the way we do it. That's right. The bounce. Uh, we're a bit salty here, folks, but that's how we like it. That's how we like it. Good and salty. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm telling you, you got to see it. Or, or cool. we got to cover it tomorrow. Yeah. You'll thank, you'll thank me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already thanking you because from what you and Rob have said, it's uh, yeah, bad shit, crazy, off the rails, and a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my, you know, that's my favorite type of stuff. I love humor thrown in with like it's not even horror at all, but it's got some gore. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, the <clears throat> puppets, like they they even show. I was watching a YouTube video where they showed like the. Um, you know how they were making the puppets and stuff, and it's all practical. Um, nothing too, you know, like nothing too ornate. It's just, just crazy. It's yeah. just, I'm telling you, man, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love I it. I can't wait to see it. I mean, you're really hyping it up. Yeah. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be hysterical and just. It is a shit ton of fun. Absolutely. Nice. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching it again with my nieces and nephews. Man. Yeah. Yeah, not many movies do you want to watch again and and like hot on the heels of the first watch, um, right? So if it's if it's pushing you to do that, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yep. So that being said, we're here to check out or talk about three films from a director who was infamous in his time. He, um, you know, not always, um, not always a hundred percent in terms of um, the product, you know, the output of uh, of his productivity. So uh, this is Ken Russell, and if you guys have no idea who Ken Russell is, you really should do some homework and uh, check it out. But luckily, we've done some of the homework for you. And we picked some movies that, um, well, one of these films, Altered States, is a movie that I loved as a kid. And it was so trippy and weird and different. Um, I really enjoyed this. And, of course, it was another staple of the cable TV, you know, early 80s. All the and time. My sister, I remember watching this with my sister again and again and again. And watched it with my mom, too. And, you know, I'm thinking back. I mean, there was a lot of sex and really yeah. deep. Um, there's a lot of deep themes in this movie. Right. And I think Altered States came out in 1980. 80, 80 80. or 81 or something. Yeah. And I think I caught it on cable in 82. And I'm going to date myself here and I don't give a damn. But um, in 1982, I was 13. So yeah. at maybe, you know, 12 or 13 years old was like around the time that I started seeing all these movies. I know I caught The Warriors in 1980. I caught, um, 
oh, just I mean, we discussed this a million and one times. Um, these were pretty intense movies for a kid to be watching, but that's really what got me into food, into films, and into you know just getting into genre movies. And um, this was one of those weird, oddball movies. And as a kid, I didn't know Ken Russell from you know Barbie and Ken. You know, I just it, it. I didn't really care about that, but actors were the face of these films. And so I, I, you know, grew to look for the actors in these movies. And it was like maybe um, around 82 where I started caring about, you know, like John Carpenter or Walter Hill and, and other directors that really, you know, I enjoy, enjoyed John Borman, um, even though Excalibur was the only film of his that I had seen at the time, um, you know, that name stuck with me. So all of these things, push forward so but ken russell wasn't a name that was really on the tip of my tongue but this movie was and um altered states man it's such a such a wild ride it is and then the weird thing that i found out recently is the screenwriter uh patty shayevsky yeah i believe who um that like it's this movie that that he he wrote it, uh, but he took his name off of it because of clashes with uh, with Ken Russell. Um, oh, yeah. It's so beyond the stuff that he usually wrote. Like he's known for uh, what was this movie? Yeah, for the network. This one uh, older movie called uh, was it, uh, Marty? I think. Yeah, he did Marty, um, which is very you know just sort of like to go from. Marty to network to altered states. Yeah. I mean, it's really a, quite a stretch. I mean, these are very, very different movies. Absolutely. So um, I thought, I mean, I've seen, uh, I've, I've um, uh, watched parts of Marty. I, I never saw the whole movie, but the dialogue is really good in Marty. And, and he's known, I mean, even a, a Tarantino's influenced by Ashevsky. And yeah. Um, he, I, I think in, in, uh, in this movie, in Altered States, the dialogue was a little, it wasn't that great. You could tell maybe that science fiction isn't really his thing, but the story, the idea of the story, I think is, is, is very interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. But I did like, um, some of the dialogue, although, right. Um, some with some of the characters, I really liked it. Like obviously, William Hurt plays this, um, you know, Eddie character, Eddie Jessup. He plays him um, as just this um, brilliant yet self-absorbed, right, um, scientist. You know, scientist, and he's. Yeah. Um, I just found all of these characters in this movie to be extremely interesting and. Um, you know, I just, um, I didn't realize Drew Barrymore plays one of the kids. I only, yeah, I found that out as I was watching the movie. Yeah. Then I, as I was watching, I was looking up, uh, you know, uh, Wikipedia and, and uh, IMDb. And then yep. I see her, I'm like, what? And then, yeah, there she is, little kid, you know, just, I guess and it was like right, right before E.T. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was like, holy cow. I didn't I did the same thing. Like I was like, this looks like and then I went to IMDB and I'm like, oh shit. I was not expecting it, you know. And like I said, you know, when you're watching it as a kid or 
you know, like I said, I haven't, I probably haven't seen that movie in over 30 years. And, um, same here. Yeah. But, um, I do, I enjoyed the isolation tank, the scenes with him regressing, um, his body transforming and, and like this, him tapping into the collective unconscious, you know, and, and, and becoming one with, you know, primitive man. Um, I don't know. I just, I was trying to figure out what they were, they were getting at in terms of. I had to look it up. Oh, you did? I kind of had an idea, but, um, but what it was supposed to be is because, you know, with this first transformation, yes, he turned into some kind of primitive, australopithecine or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then he he goes in again and he turns it to something almost cosmic and what it is is supposed to be a god basically and right. basically the, the it's it sort of represents the death of god and the birth of man mm-hmm. and so when he goes into that transformation and and it becomes this supernatural entity uh, that that is some kind of deity. It's a god. It's something, mm-hmm. you know, before human. Uh, but you know, it's 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 the creator. So uh, so that's that's what it was. And, and I was kind of I, I thought maybe that's what they were going for. And then I looked it up, and and, yeah. and I, it was confirmed. Okay. Yeah, because I was like looking at that, and at the end, he it, he wasn't. You know, he's you know, transforming, and right. He's becoming something, you know, more. It's like, but like you said, he tapped into the God within him. And I don't think it was like in the, the biblical sense of God, but right. the, you know, the creator spirit or, you know, um, but like, like you said, you know, he was tapping into this primal being um, that's within all human beings. So it was like, really, um, it's an anti-religion or anti-religious movie, although there's tons of quote religious experience in this film, but then you realize that that religion isn't necessarily belief in a Supreme being, but religion is spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a very, this is not, and what I love about movies in the, you know, seventies and eighties was that you could never, see this type of movie nowadays no this movie would no, never you can't. get made no right right and and i love that about these types of movies that fly under the radar where you know these characters speak to you in were in ways that iron man is not speaking to you you know exactly. what i mean like right. and i'm not shitting on the marvel universe or anything like that because i watched all of them and you know was a huge fan and i was a comic book fan for years so that's not what i'm saying but after a while those movies they become long in the tooth there's there's nothing there's no originality to them they're just you know saccharine based you know popcorn films and that that's great you know that's fine but i wish there were more edgy and edgy and and provocative movies being made today right right not even just in the horror genre, which, you know, there's been a ton of really good horror movies in the last 10 years. And anyone who says, oh, n- new horror sucks. 
they're not watching movies. They, you know, exactly. they're just, they're busy exactly. watching the same movies that they always watch. Um, so there's tons of really good movies, but there's not enough provocative, thought provoking movies. And that's really what Ken Russell, he built his, this oeuvre, right? Is that how, how I'm going to pronounce it? Is that I the right think way? so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why so, not? Um, so he spent a lifetime even if it was a low budget film like um, um, Gothic, right? Right. Ken Russell did Gothic. He did um, uh, Lair of the White Worm. Um, those Which was one of his of, later movies, yeah. Yeah, those were uh, some of the later films that he did. Or even just like, you know, movies that, that people were shocked by, like horror. Um, he, he wanted to get under your skin. And he wanted to make people think about, about life, about relationships, about truth. Um, and he did that through these films that he made. And some of them were just, you know, popcorn films. And others were really these type like Altered States and the Devils. Um, that, I, and I'd spent years trying to find the devils and I have never been able to see it until recently when you were like, Hey, why don't we do Ken Russell? And I'm like, Oh shit. I, I like Ken Russell. Yeah. Let's, let's check that out. And I'm like, you know, I've never been able to, to find a good copy of the devils. And obviously in the UK, it was like one of the video nasty it was banned. In, right. I can't even say like how many, how many countries it was banned in. Um, and for a while, and I didn't know this either, but we were talking after you know watching these movies, and I found out that it was written by um, Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley, right? Thank you. So mm -hmm. Aldous Huxley wrote this, and it was a basically a biography of this actual person that existed, and the church, you know, um, pulled him. I guess he was kind of, you know, a lech uh, at the time. Well, he was, yeah, he was, he was definitely a scandalous. I yeah, mean, he you know, was he's, definitely he's scandalous. Kind of like, uh, I, I don't know, what is a cardinal, a priest or something like that? And, yeah, I just uh, think he was a priest. I don't know if he was high up in the uh, in the church, right. you know, the echelon. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was a very um, interesting guy, but he certainly wasn't a Satanist, obviously. And they found right. out, you know, it was years later that they told this story and um, and then, of course, Ken Russell got his hands on on the script and uh, did his thing with it. And it was a very well done, very interesting film. And I really enjoyed. Um, what was your take on it? It was uh, interesting. I there were some parts, I think, where it just went over the top with the. It just went too crazy. You know what I mean? Where, where it almost lost its discipline. But I, it was there were certain things like uh, th that I thought were interesting in that um, it wasn't exactly historical because there were certain things that they mixed like it's supposed to be set in the what was it, 17th century, 16th century. And um, the like they pull up a metal chair. They didn't have metal chairs back then, you know, or the the. Uh, the town of Loudon, where it's set, um, right. had these white brick, and it was yeah. structured very, uh, you, you know, it was, it, it was an artistic way that wasn't 
real um, architecture of that time period. So these were definitely artistic decisions that he decided to take. They're wearing modern glasses at, or, you know, what's considered, you know, back in the seventies. But, uh, but so that was kind of interesting. And some of the outfits and stuff were, um, were also modern. Um, but I, I think it did lose certain cohesion at certain points, but altogether like it, was, it was very interesting when they, like with the orgies and stuff, it, it just went, I think he just did it for shock value. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I think he could have been a little more uh, subtle in his criticism. Yeah, but that's not Ken Russell's way. Yeah, yeah, and it's he, true. And he wanted to take a finger and stick it in the eye of, of you know, hypocrisy. And right. I think, and I think like you, you can't be subtle in terms, you know, in this way, you could tell that I think the source material, you know, of, um, you know, Grandier, the, the main character who was burned at the stake, um, played by Oliver Reed, who never lets you down, doesn't matter what he, oh, what he yeah. does. Oh, yeah. Oliver yeah. Reed was yeah. awesome. And he was probably a difficult son of a bitch in his own right, in terms of, you know, Ken Russell and, you know, oh, yeah. the marriage of Ken Russell and Oliver Reed. I'm sure I, I haven't read any um, any um, you know, like a documentary or any information about what took place on the set, but I can only imagine that Oliver Reed butt heads constantly with uh, it Ken came Russell. To, yeah, it came to the point where they weren't even on speaking terms because Russell even had a problem, like I said, with Shaevsky who you know who wrote uh and he yeah. was another person who had a very controlling very you know uh a dominant personality and yeah. so well you said so, that they, they, uh, they were so at odds that he took his name and he went under a took suit his name exactly exactly so it was uh, yeah like uh Shaevsky didn't like the lighting and 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 it came to the point where russell was like all right you gotta you know, he just ignored him. You know, yeah. uh, Shaevsky well, would, you know, would suggest and something fairness, and he'd ignore him. Well, Shaevsky is, you know, yeah, he's the screenplay writer and all that other stuff, but think about it. It's, it's Ken Russell. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I appreciate you have input, but I'm going to do it my way. Exactly. And I understand when, if you're a director, you have to be heavy handed. You have right. to, you know, you have to be a tyrant at times uh, in order to get stuff done. You have no choice. Yeah. Um, yeah and in a movie i mean just look when we did vamps um and that was just independent me you and your brother were like you know steering the ship and uh and we had just a few friends on set at, at any given time and you and just how difficult it was to coordinate in your living room or exactly in, in an empty warehouse you know what i mean like right there weren't a lot of moving parts and at times there was just one fucking camera and a and a boom mic and it was still tough and it was still tough and so now you multiply that by a million you know right. with someone who's you know with with someone like ken russell and someone who, who is this you know brilliant but difficult actor you know sure, like sure. Uh, uh, oliver reed and so <laughs> it's inevitable man it's yeah. inevitable but uh yeah but but it's yeah it still had some i mean shocking scenes um oh, there was yeah. a scene for example uh with with um oh who played the nun who played the the head nun vanessa um, redgrave 
Vanessa Redgrave, who's this like just this damaged, insane nun from the get, you know, yeah. and um, Se- and the sexual repression. Oh my god! In, in the seventeenth century, you know, and then not to mention that she's ca- kind of um, damaged goods. Uh-huh. And she even says she goes, you know, why you know most people in this nunnery because. You know, they were, you know, right. made, uh, wealthy families that had too many children and, and not enough mouths, you know, too many mouths to feed. And, you know, so they end up here because they have no other place to go in this world. And yep. women were already not even second class citizens. They weren't even considered citizens. They right, were property, right. you know, and which was I mean, it was a it was a terrible, oppressive time. And so, yeah. And so she's there, this product of this environment. With and, a horribly hunched back, you know? Right, I was going to say deformity yeah. Yeah. and, you know, stuck in this nunnery. Um, it, it, you can just imagine the things that went on. And when Grandier is having sex with, with these other women, and then, you know, the rumor goes around that he is, um, and he doesn't even look at her. Right. So, you know, all of these things compile you know, one on top of the other. And then they were like, oh, well, we need to just figure out, you know, how to get the things that we want. And so Richelieu used this as, you know, a you know, political um, stance to get rid of an opponent. And yep. so that was the take on this, that, that, you know, obviously there's no witchcraft going on. There's no Satanism going on. What was happening here was just you know, purely, it was all about politi- power. Yeah. Yeah. Purely a political move. And, uh, I, I love the fact that this, that this priest who wasn't a perfect person and decided to make a stance and say, no, I'm not giving into this. And this is not who I am. And, you know, I may have been weak and I may not have been perfect, but I'm, I, I'm, you know, a believer in God and I'm a believer in, you know, his, you know, his teachings and the, and the power of redemption. And if I give right. in and, and admit guilt to something that I didn't do, then I, I won't even be forgiven from God. Like he'll, he'll forgive you know, me for having sex as a priest and doing and getting married and doing these other things um, against the rules of the church but he never went against the rules of God himself. And right. I mean, he was willing to get burned alive in order to, to stand up for his beliefs and to stand up for what, I mean, that's that type of conviction is humbling to say the least. And Oliver Reed was amazing in that role. The yeah. scene that got to me the most was when they completely shaved him there's all his hair and he can't, comes walking out and the whole courtroom is mocking him. They're laughing at him. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, well, literally Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I mean, just put yourself in his shoes, the mocking alone and the court. It was like, it was a circus. Right. And, yeah. Ah, man. I just, the way uh, Ken Russell portrayed it um, and, and, the, I think it was just a perfect storm. And Vanessa Redgrave was perfect as this lunatic nun. 
Yeah, I mean, she was so damaged in every way, you know, physically, psychologically, everything. And uh, and one of the scenes that was cut out is after he was burned at the stake. Uh, 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 who was it? Uh, one of the other priests, I, I forgot the name, gave her his thigh bone. Yeah. And she started to mess. And she started to masturbate with it. And that yes. was one of the scenes that was cut out of the what, uh, originals. And that's, that wasn't seen in the cinematic version. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, my God, that was. Yeah. And then there was another scene with uh, where they take down the crucifix. Now, they're Catholic. They don't use just a cross that has the sculpture of Christ on it. And so they bring it down. And they start having sex with it. And that's another scene that was cut out. Yeah. As a matter of fact, even in this version that we're watching, it was like a really, uh, that scene, it was edited in and it was like in a very poor quality because mm. I guess that was the only uh, thing that they were able to get the hands on. But my right. gosh, it was a pretty intense, intense scene. <laughs> I could see where there's complaints. Oh, of course. And when you, <laughs> you see think? It, I- but that's what that's where Ken Russell comes into play, and that that's right. his style of, um, you know, of just putting it right in your face. Yeah. Right, he, unflinching, he puts it right in your face. And like I said, you know, it's that, you know, stick, you know, putting his finger right into your eye, and and you're just you're along for the ride, and you're going to be. Look, I'm I'm not religious at all. I'm not a believer. I'm you know, and I'm I'm proud to say that I, I you know that this that's my belief. But there are scenes when you're watching these types of things where it is cringeworthy. And like you said, you know, the thigh bone and she's masturbating with it, or you know, um, they're inside a church and it's just utter debauchery. There's an orgy going yeah. on, like and and wasn't the king involved? He came down and and he's yeah. uh and he says, you know, here's briefly, a, he gives him this box and it's like supposed to be a relic of the church and inside it is. And so they give this thing, you know, off to the to the to the nun and and suddenly she's better. And and they, you know, they, they you know, the 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 fit that they were in, uh, you know, they were suddenly cleared and things were better. And 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 they were like, oh, my God, it's a miracle. And, and the they open up the box and it's empty. There's nothing in it. And they're like, oh, yes, it was definitely a miracle. And they start laughing. And then they're like, all right, be, you know, we're on our way. Right. I was like, I love that scene because it was just perfect. But then you, they know, they knew right then and there that it was all a lie. And yet was- they chose to murder someone to get you know, as a means to an end so they can take over the, you know, control of that city. So it was yep. all a matter of profit. And um, yeah, I mean, like I've never read the book, but I just purchased it after watching that. I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read the book because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Huxley to begin with. And I didn't know about this, um, you know, being a true story and it's, I find it extremely interesting. So yeah, yeah. Ken, I think it was, Ken Russell uh, did it justice. Yeah, I think it's uh, Huxley's only um, historical, like uh, non-fiction, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. Yep. But God damn, it was fucking crazy. I, I was like, all right, I can understand. Tour de force. Yeah, when it was 
when it was uh, released at the time, let's, let's, um, I don't remember when it was released. Um, 70, 1971. Uh, wow. Before I was born. <laughs> so 1971, this released and you know, I mean, the Brits were notoriously puritanical. I mean, worse than, than we are uh, when it came to, you know, what they were willing to, to have shown on the screen. Um, and they dealt with this. Know, and this was no small budget movie. No, this there was oh, a no. lot of money put in. I mean, yeah. just the whole structure that they built for the for the whole, for that town for that city. Oh, yeah. that was all built by hand. I mean, that so there was definitely there was a, a budget. Uh, it was a serious budget for this movie. Costumes right. and all that. Uh, the 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 see the sequence of them getting burned. You know that requires you know a lot of money. You know, yeah. and, it was and, well and done. they, yeah, and they brutally they show him they very flesh burning and it was you know really aggressive. Yeah, it was, it was done. It was very intense. intense. Very. Um, and he, and again, in keeping with you know Ken Russell's uh, directing style, it, it, the intensity of his movies, you know, are, it's undeniable. Um, yeah, but yeah, and that brings us to. The third movie that we reviewed, Crimes of Passion. So of the three movies that we looked at by Ken Russell, the Crimes of Passion is uh, from 1984, and it starred um, Kathleen Turner, who was, you know, hot at the time. I mean, she was she was a huge star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, hot in every in every sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because she's been she was in. Um, you know, a, a ton of movies um, with a sexual theme. Um, and body Heat. Body Heat, right. Body Heat. That was, I haven't seen that one in a long time either. That was, that's one to watch again too. But um, this was the most disappointing of the three films. And a little bit off the, you know, the beaten path for um, what we normally review and look at. But I, we wanted to see something that was a little bit different. Um, and so just in case, you know, people are unsure, uh, Crimes of Passion is an erotic thriller directed by Ken Russell, obviously, starring Kathleen Turner, Anthony Perkins, John Laughlin. Uh, film explores themes of human relationships and mental illness, a mix of sex and suspense. And it opened to controversy over its content as well as negative reviews. So it's not a surprise, really. Um, because Ken Russell, that's how he does it, you know, and uh, he the fact that he probably was getting negative reviews and that and it was opening to controversy. He was probably dipping his bread in it because that's you know what I mean? Like he that's the kind of person that he was. And if people right. didn't like it, people shied away from it. He he attacked, you know, social mores and, you know, the the good old American relationship of marriage and the institution of marriage where. You know, the main character, he goes with a friend of his to this relationship, uh, like almost like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And these people are shitting all over men. The women in the group are shitting on men. The men are shitting on women. It's like it's just a, 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 a festival of uh, hatred. And they were just talking badly about the opposite sex. And then finally, they're like, well, why are you here? Tell us a little bit about you. 
He's like, well, I'm just here because my friend asked me to come. I'm here like for support. You know, they're going through they're like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, you're probably ba a bad leg. He's like, what me? He's like, I'm, I'm what are you talking about? No, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, well, try being a good lay when your wife is frigid and she doesn't want to have sex anymore. And then he goes from, you know, saying how great their marriage is and how he loves his wife and, they, and there's nothing wrong with their relationship to being opening up and being honest that he and his wife don't have sex anymore. And it's you can't get her to open up and and and, you know, do, you know, oral sex and this and that. And like and then he starts like he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He backs away from it. He's like. I'm not getting into this with you guys. You know, this isn't why I'm here. And my relationship is good. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's not as bad as what everyone's saying. So right at the beginning, you get a sense of he's not being honest with himself. Right. And he's probably not been honest with himself since high school when they were, you know, dating. First dating. So this yeah. Was, yeah. So this was his high school crush. And so he's he owns an electronic store and he also does a little bit of uh, surveillance work or private detective work on the side. And he gets a gig and the guy says, I think this person is stealing from me. And they own a um, he's a uh, a designer, a clothing designer or something to that effect. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, you know, I think this woman, Kathleen Turner, she's been here, but she's you know, she's a great worker. Like she's fantastic. And she does these designs. She's here before anybody else. She's the last to leave. But I think she's, I think she's selling, you know, secrets, my trade secrets and my business right, is the, suffering. The I want you to follow her and find out who she's meeting with and all this other crap. So he follows Kathleen Turner and he realizes she's not selling trade secrets of this business you know, she's after hours, she's selling herself, right? She's a prostitute. And so she's meeting with Johns in some seedy motel that she's rent that she's renting. She has a, a beautiful home, you know, this uh, condo. It like looks a like castle. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's, got a, she's got a condo in this castle. And, um, and then he realizes, you know, who she is and she's got this crazy double life. And, She's so bored with with a vanilla world that she the only way she can really, you know, get any type of excitement, the ennui of life, you know, she's selling herself. So she's not just a high class prostitute, which you would imagine from you know the looks of her. She dresses well. She has a great job, um, right. probably a six figure salary. She's not a high class call girl. She's a street walking prostitute. I mean, it's a seedy neighborhood that she works in, and these Johns aren't aren't you know upscale. It's Johns. not exactly. These, these, are, these are real are, slime balls. Dirty slime balls, right? So you're like, holy fuck! Like this is a really weird and intense type of situation that he finds himself in. And I was just, um, you know, it there's it's a little hit or miss in terms of dialogue and in terms of you know how they. They connect. Um, yeah, uh, it started out stronger, I think. Um, yes, it did. Right. Uh, but then it, it sort of, I don't know, um, kind of middled, like, uh, you know, a, as the story progressed, there were yeah, the, the some points. The second act is fla it flounders. Yeah, there's um, also with, uh, with um, uh, Anthony Perkins, 
is it got a little too repetitive with him. Like I, 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 you know, he was huge at the time and I think that they wanted to use him more, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, you know, it could have been more of a, an Anthony Hopkins in, you know, in, in, in silence of the lambs where he's only on screen for 16 minutes, you know, but no, I, I, they, they gave him, it was too much. You know, and they got too repetitive with him and yeah. you knew the inevitability, you knew it was coming, but they just kept, you know, just repeating him alone, kind of, you know, watching her and, you know, he's, he's got off this briefcase filled with sex toys. Yeah. And you know what's yeah. funny? We were talking mm-hmm. about 10 to midnight with Charles Bronson. Remember we, we were, um, I forget who it was, but someone posted on social media and we were talking about the, uh, the picture of Bronson um, on 10 to midnight, he's got this um, jack off machine. Remember I said it was, there was this weird like vibrator with like a, like a sheath on the top of it. And it's like, what the really? fuck is, is he doing with that? <laughs> and yeah, it was yeah. The same jerk off machine that was, that was seen in the Bronson film. Really? That the serial killer was using. And then fucking Anthony Perkins takes it out. I was, dying laughing because that's the first thing that popped into my head i'm like where's bronson when you need him um i i like i liked a lot of the things that were going on in this movie i like the themes of you know the you know the um people being dishonest with what they want out of their relationships and what they want out of life and you know I, i liked you know perkins at the end where um, the main character breaks into the the condo to kind of rescue Kathleen Turner, and they pull a psycho because Perkins is yeah. in Kathleen Turner's clothing. Right, and right. Turner, like finally, you know, like, and so, you know, it was it was unexpected, I think, because I I, I hadn't seen this movie before, but it was great that they did it was an homage to psycho right right i i kind of thought it was him but then when i saw the shadow appear i'm like wait a minute so is that her as it was happening and then you realize that oh damn so i had it and then i lost it and then it turns out i was right so i was like damn (laughs) but uh yeah like i said the uh, the end of the uh of the movie like the end of the third act yeah, I think it kind of redeems itself and comes back around and then you see him talking to a group of people about his new relationship and that he and his wife are no longer together. Right. And right. I think, it, you know, kind of puts you into the perspective of, of people who are dishonest with each other. They are, everyone's living a lie. Everyone's, they're not who they pretend they are, you know, and there's there, people have... Um, not multiple personalities, but there's, um, you know, multiple, um, you know, sides to their personalities. And um, who, um, who was the, uh, you guys, uh, you and, and uh, Rob, we were talking um, about that musician, I think from Yes. Uh, oh, uh, Rick Wakeman. He was in that movie. Rick Wakeman was in what movie? This <laughs> the, movie? In, in... He was briefly in it. I think it was like a photographer because I read his name. I was like, what? Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. just, and the music yeah. is by Rick Wakeman. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about the burning and we did an episode. Right, of the burning, right. And Rick Wakeman did the soundtrack for the burning, too. So, yeah, pretty cool. 
Yeah, because it was, you know, movies, and especially, you know, at that time, they're so incestuous, you know, there's the, especially oh, yeah. if they become popular, you know, they're like, start working on, uh, you know, with the same people. And uh, so they show up in the same circles. But there was, um, there was less of an intensity to this film than I had hoped. And uh, I think it was just suffering for lack of budget, too. Uh, it, it wasn't, a, it yeah. didn't come across as a, as a very, um, robust <laughs> you know budget uh and the I acting mean, was was not yeah. very um i don't know yeah. at, it, it was uneven at times even with you know Anthony right. Perkins, i think there was a lot of scenery chewing and he was kind of riffing on who he was as a persona you know as right, as right. you know you know the playing portraying another psycho although he was a little bit different I do like his character when he's like the, you know, as a dressed like a priest and he comes out and he, he has this little, you know, that little wooden stool that he stands on when he comes yeah. out of the, out of that peep show. My brother uh -huh. had that little stool when he was a little kid, it was this little fold up little, little uh, <laughs> chair. And as soon as he did that, I'm like, Oh my God, like just these little things that just in my mind just click. You know what I mean? And I just start chuckling because it's like, I hadn't seen that little chair since my brother was a kid, you know, so we were kids uh, at it. But then I see Anthony Perkins unfolding this little wooden chair to stand on as a pulpit, you know, and start talking right, right. about the evils of sin and fornication. And uh, he just came out of a peep show jerking off to some woman who was, who was dancing nude for him. You know? Yeah, I'll tell you, man, those those scenes were like, oh, like, I was oh, like, the, the it was just, people. it just so nasty like it could just it, it just looked like it like looked awful. That, they had, that people were masturbating in this and no one is cleaning these stalls up and exactly. even the, the woman who's dancing nude is is like has just seen better days you could tell that she exactly was strung out on drugs and oh uh, just to come after yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, press, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, and even Anthony yeah. Perkins, he's like has this sheen oh, of greasy sweat. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it was like <laughs> Jesus Christ. And and I think of like <laughs> Kathleen Turner being this classy woman, right? By day, right. and then fucking people like Anthony Perkins's character or the other guy that comes in and. You know, he's having sex with her and like comes super fast, and he's like, "Oh, was it yeah, good for yeah, you, baby?" Yeah. She's like, "Oh, you're the best." You know what I mean? Like, she's just she has to lie, and that's the thing. That's the yeah. common theme throughout this entire movie. It's just yeah. lies after lies after lies. In fact, the only time that people are real seemingly is at the very beginning of the movie, where they're in this meeting. And the women and the men are shitting all over each other, but they were the only ones who were honest. They, as as shitty as it was, and as lousy as the things that they were saying, they were being honest about their honest. feelings. Right, right, right. Which is which is really twisted in a in a way. Um, yeah, you know. So like I said, but that was uh, yeah. I mean, that was uh, the, the whole theme of the movie is about lying, about you know not being who you really are, not really you know, expressing yourself and, you know, right. being true to yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, again, it was, it was definitely uneven and I think it needed some editing to, to maybe yes. shorten it a little, it was a you little know? Long, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, out of, um, 
All right, so let's rate them. So we at you know Ken Russell's um, are you know odd to say the least. Altered states, you know, on a scale of one to five, how would you rate altered states? I'd give it about a, I'd say three and a half. Okay. Yeah. I'm at, yeah. I'm at a four with altered states. They're, yeah. Like you said, sometimes the dialogue between the scientists, they're shouting at each other and they're angry all the time. And, and you know, some of the dialogue be, gets lost in the intensity of the conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, for the I most gotta part, give it. I got to give it to, um, I forgot, I don't know the actor's name or even the, the, the scientist who plays the temperamental guy. He was on Hill Street Blues. Yeah, yeah. What the I, mean, that I, I don't, yeah, it's a show I never really watched. I was never really into cop shows. But um, yeah, he was really entertaining. He definitely added some spice to, you know, so he did, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed his uh, his character. He was just totally out there, you know, mm-hmm. chew up the scenes in, in a very enjoyable way. But what um, I what I liked about this movie, even though, you know, um, William Hurt's um, love interest and becomes his wife, she is a super intelligent um, yes. scientist in her own right. Right. And so there's the, when they find a connection, they're they're um, intellectual equivalents. And yes. I, I really super appreciated the fact that they did that, because oftentimes you'll see like, you know, this, you know, this brilliant scientist or this brilliant guy and he falls for this ditzy, you know, and they and they and they don't give the woman credit or credibility. Right. And, right. and, it, and it pisses me off because, you know, generally speaking, intellectuals connect with intellectuals yeah, for the most yeah, part. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but and she was his equivalent. I think she was equally yeah, as absolutely. erudite. And uh, and I really I really appreciated that. I'm going to I give it four out of five. Um, you know, it's, it, again, it's not a perfect film, but it's so intense and it's super interesting with a lot of really um intelligent themes so i liked it yeah the devils uh, how many burning stakes or yeah uh, <laughs> uh yeah burning stakes does that get um i think i'm also going to give it three and a half um yeah. I, I think again uh with the the part in the middle i think it just went too over the top where it just was it was just too much in in my yeah. opinion that uh, I'm always uh, I'm always a more a less is more type person, and so when they just went just so crazy and it was too long at the most points in my opinion, where yeah. it just was like all right I I get the point you know you don't have to just keep hammering it and hammering it so that's yeah that's why I give it to a three and a half. Okay, I'm um, I'm going to give it a little bit higher. I, I'm going to get you know I'm going with a four and a half on it. I like the fact that it was unrelenting. I like the fact that they were over the top and showed the, the, you know, multiple hypocrisies of not just both sides, the, 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 the nuns on their end, you know, falsifying these claims and, and creating this fervor. And then the other side with Richelieu and his, you know, and his ilk capitalizing, capitalizing on it. I, I really, just liked seeing all of those things. And then Oliver Reed stuck in the middle and just refusing to relent and just, it was a very powerful character. 
I oh, he absolutely. Yeah, he was he was outstanding, and undoubtedly. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's his presence is just you know, like you can't help but to 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 watch the guy. You know, he's yeah. Just, oh yeah, he was he's got the voice and you know just the look. Even he's sitting down in the church, and there were no there were no like little private cubicles, and pe- he was listening to people's confession. Yeah, and the confession yeah. is right in the middle of the church, which is incredible to me. I was like, what? There's no privacy. You can't speak. You know, and. If you know anything about the acoustics of a church along those lines, oh, yeah. you know, you can hear a mouse fart from one corner of the church to the other. A pin drops and you know what's going, you know where it is. It's like a right. thundering echo. So even a whisper can be heard throughout the church. And I love the intensity of, of him whispering to these women right. who come to him, even just this woman telling him that, you know, she's pregnant and all of these other things or this other woman who's professing her undying love for him. And he, you know, recognizes that same way. Um, But they're whispering these things. I I really just, I just loved Oliver Reed at that moment. You know, I just, the the way he carries that character. um, I just had a lot of respect for him as an actor and I thought he did an outstanding job. So, yeah. Um, and then the last crimes of um, passion. Crimes of passion. Um, hmm. I'm, uh, damn, I'm, I'm, same thing, man. Three and a half. Yeah. For some reason, yeah, it just kind of, um, I think, or let me see. I, I think maybe not. I think I'll give it a three, honestly. I think a yeah. three. Yeah. I was leaning towards a three, but you know, watching yeah. the film, it has its moments, and I'm going to stick with a three on this one too. Um, I was initially leaning to uh, like a two and a half, um, but there were moments of uh, where you know it, there is that dead zone in the middle of the film where you know, like you said, it suffers from um, a lack of editing in certain places. Um, but yeah, I do like. You know, and just not to beat a dead horse here, but when she goes into the limo with that rich couple. Yeah. Remember, like. Right, just, right. Like, I just felt like you could have. What was the use? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You could have taken that out. Like, suddenly. It, where you, but, uh, you know, I get it. She's having second thoughts about the life that she's living. Um, maybe she feels right, like. Right. You know, like, why am I doing this? Or I'm as I'm almost as wealthy as these two people with a limo. I don't need to debase myself, but I, I don't know. I just felt like there were some scenes that could have been, that could have been left on the cutting room floor and, and we would, and it wouldn't have hurt the film. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't push the fo- a story forward. I don't know th- at all. You know, I, I think it could have been um, maybe if he took one of the scenes with uh, Perkins Instead of having him alone, you know, just doing, you know, whatever it was he was doing, maybe you could have added another scene with them together or, or something like that, you know? Or show where us that... where he lives or where he came from, right. you know what I mean? And give yeah. us an idea of who he was other than just some lunatic right. walking the right. street, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he was homeless, but I would like to have seen a little bit more rather than him being um, so wooden, you know? Or, you know, maybe he had a double life. Maybe he really was a priest you know we i don't know um right but yeah so anyway i give it a three and i think i'm being generous with a three 
Yeah. I, there, there was also another thing with him, you know, um, where they had him dress up as the woman, you know, yes, okay, fine, throwback to Psycho, whatever. But what, there was never any um, hint or clue that that's what he wanted. You know, they didn't, right. it just came out of nowhere that he yeah. ends up dressing as this one. It didn't, you know, or that he wanted to be her, maybe, I guess. Well, sort no, of. remember he kept saying that they're the same, that they, he's her. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Yeah, so maybe, he was, all right, they, okay. They were alluding to that throughout the movie. All right, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. yeah. So, it, I, okay. it, did it, was I surprised when it happened? Yeah, but, I, you know, thinking back on it, because he kept saying that, um that it, it kind of made sense at that point i was like oh okay yeah he he's he was saying that throughout the film that that they're the same person and you know he's her yeah. and, and all that other stuff so i think you know that's yeah, why they that, that, that. That, that that was but the it, payoff yeah yeah but it lent itself to like you said you know to the the psycho homage mm. but uh yeah i mean i've seen a lot of ken russell films uh like we mentioned two others gothic and the others if you want to see um, a director who just loved to give people the middle finger with his movies, who didn't care about opinion, public opinion, who wanted to make movies on his own terms. Um, Ken Russell was that kind of film director, and I really appreciated him for it. And I, I don't think he got enough credit where credit was due. But I'm glad I was finally able to catch uh, the devil's um because I'd never seen it before and I heard so much about it, you know, through all these years. So it was definitely fun to watch these movies. So, uh, absolutely. Any last words? Amen. <laughs> oh man. So we're going to have a review of psycho Gorman coming up. Yes. Soon. Yes. So hopefully I Absolutely. love it as much as you do. I'm looking forward to checking that out. And, uh, I'm telling you, man. I think you're yeah. going to love it. Cool. Be honest with me. Be honest of with me. Of course I will. I, you know I am. Of course. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. We always appreciate. And uh, if you have any comments or you have any questions, if you want us to review something and, uh, and talk about it, let us know. Comments, we'll talk to you later. Comments on YouTube. Comments on YouTube. Later. Peace.